Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get a oh yeah? What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to episode 97 of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with Leslie Unger of Electric Impulse Communications. Leslie helps individuals and corporations supercharge their leadership by helping them identify their competitive edge to improve individual and company performance. Her clients see her as someone to think with. We talk about adding value to everyone you work with and come in contact with. We also talk about the value of coaching and why everyone who wants to operate at their maximum capacity needs a coach. All right, let's dig in. All right, Leslie, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Awesome. So first of all, I always like to start off the conversation by saying thank you for taking the time out to talk with me. I know that as an entrepreneur, business owner, you have about a million other things that you could be doing, but you, know, you were kind enough to take the time out to talk with me. So for that, I appreciate it. My pleasure. Now, I want to know about you, but when I say that, I mean, feel free to go all the way back to the day you were born, or you can start more current day. <laughs> T- tell us okay. about yourself. Well, what I will go back to is about high school-ish college time. I've always been interested in communication. Actually, when I was really a little girl, I wondered why the bad guys in history always seem to be better at communication than the good guys. Now, I'm Jewish, but I have to say Hitler was a darn good communicator, and he wasn't the only one. So it would intrigue me that bad guys actually changed the world through the way they communicated. So if bad guys could change the world, then don't we all have the power to change our world in some way by how we communicate? So that was my earliest, 8, 10 years old, 12 years old. In high school and college, I would actually write letters. That went way before email when we communicated through SIM. I would send letters to candidates that were running for president, and I would offer my suggestions. And I honestly believed that they were just waiting to hear my feedback about how they communicated and how they presented Now, back then, the candidates were not as wealthy as they are today. So they would all, like all the Democratic candidates running for president, would all go on the same plane from primary to primary state. 
They wouldn't just fly or helicopter in by themselves. So picture a plane that has eight or 10 candidates that are all running for president. And I would write them and I would point out, you know, what they did well or what they didn't do so well. So one day it dawned on me that, you know, what if they're riding around Iowa or Wisconsin or somewhere and they get bored one day and one of them pulls out a letter and says, you know, I got this letter from some woman in Ohio. And then the next one says, I got one too. And the next one says, I and so, so my high school, college, I would actually send letters to candidates with suggestions about what they could do better. So I've always been intrigued by the role of communication and how it affects our world. Now, let's backtrack a little bit, and I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. What's your favorite thing to do? My favorite thing to do has changed over the years, but I have to say that my favorite thing to do today is something called the round pen. Now, I actually named my business Electric Impulse Communication after a horse. Electric Impulse was a big white Arabian stallion. Now, it's not to be the best name for my business because people continue to think I'm an electric company. But the reason I'm Electric Impulse is that his name was Electric Impulse, and I called him Impy. Now, I showed Arabian horses for 25 years, but now I use horses to teach people about their communication and leadership skills. A horse is a four-legged mirror of how well you are communicating, how well you are leading, or how you are not leading well. So there's one exercise called the round pen, where it's just you and a horse in a round pen, and you are not tethered to the horse in any way. There's no halter, there's no lead line, and you get a horse to walk, trot, and canter both ways of the red ring without touching them. And myself working in the round pen or taking a client to the round pen that knows nothing about horses because this isn't about horses. The round pen is about your communication and leadership skills. I would say that is my favorite thing to do today is doing the round pen, especially introducing someone and getting to see that in a half an hour, they can actually get a 1500 pound animal to change directions without touching them. The round pen, I would say, is my favorite thing to do today. If you had to call it out and nail it down, what would you say your superpower is? Well, you know, that's interesting because if you would have asked me that about a year and a half ago, I would have said, I'm kind of a dog whisperer. I'm a dog whisperer. I'm a horse whisperer. I'm an animal whisperer. Okay. And then about a year and a half ago, I got a puppy, probably my 15th dog, because when I had horses, we had multiple dogs around the barn. And I learned that my superpower that I thought I had being a dog whisperer. I did not have that superpower with this animal. And that was really tough to learn and to accept that I don't have superpower in all cases. But what's interesting, because I think that's true of all of us, that that we may be good at some things and not as good at other things, or one day we're good at something. And what I tell my clients is that consistency protects your value. And so it was a hard, hard lesson to learn that the superpower I thought was 24-7 actually found an exception and was uh, not a superpower all the time with all the animals. Now, one of the things that we talk about on the show all the time is mindset. So given that, how do you overcome challenges? 
Well, you know, that's interesting that you say mindset because I tell my clients is that communication, any aspect of communication, whether it's speaking or an interview or PowerPoint, a a job interview, answering the what do you do question, it's all first. It's mindset first. And then how do you implement that mindset? So I do agree with you that it is a mindset. I thought about that and I realized that when I have a challenge, the first thing I do is kind of retreat. I kind of step back and try to take a look at it, push myself to look at it from a lot of different angles. Like if somebody gets what they think is a setback is a bad 360 review, I think that's great because they got really good feedback. And in my world, feedback is all gold. So you've got to step back and kind of push yourself to look at it it from different points of view. So the first one is to retreat. The second one is to analyze it. And the third one is I find I have to do is say to myself, Leslie, what would you tell a client to do right now? Leslie, what would you tell your client to do? And that seems to help me kind of overcome a hurdle when sometimes are kind of paralyzed. And we kind of feel like any way we turn, we can't figure out the answer. So I might say, Leslie, you would tell a client to pick up the telephone and to solve. So you would tell a client, all right, who do you know that can help you? Or who do you know that knows someone that can help you? So I first retreat and then analyze. And then I ask myself, what would I tell a client? That's how I overcome that. Now, if you could give your top two, what would be your top two keys to success? Funny that you ask for two because I like things in threes, but I honestly only have two for keys to success. My middle initial is G and it's Stanford Bill. But all the time I was growing up, my dad used to tell me G stood for guts. He used to say, Leslie, you may not have all the smarts in the world, but you've got guts. And so I would say that guts, Grit, those kind of things that I'm not the most talented, I'm not the smartest, I'm not anything the most, but I keep at it. I've got guns to go up and ask someone something, whether it's a senator, whether it's a presidential candidate, whoever it is. And I do think that that's the key to success is having guts and grit. The second is the perseverance. I tease people that I have fingernails and, and that I, I paint different colors and tease people that it's amazing that I have any fingernails left because I feel like I am out there doing with my fingernails for business, for business, for referrals, for testimonials. It's perseverance. You know, business rarely comes to us. We have to go out there and we have to be perseverant. It might be the first time we meet when it might be the 10th time or the 20th time because they need us on their calendar, on their schedule, not on ours. So I would say perseverance and G. G is for guts and G is for grit. Gotcha. Now, to change gears a little bit, if you could meet anyone in the world, who would it be and what would you say to them? Can I have two? Sure. I'll take two. The first one I use in my my coaching part of my practice at Electric Impulse, I coach, I speak, I write speeches for people. In my coaching part of my practice, I have clients watch Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, which really, as you probably know, is a really poorly named speech. 
because the first half of it was a whole different speech that he changed in the middle of the speech. But at the very end of the speech, and, and it is one of the best speeches of the last century, and he is one of the best speakers of the last century. But at the end of the speech, the very end of the speech, he is standing at the Lincoln Monument in front of 100,000 people in August in Washington, D.C., way before they're selling water bottles on every corner. And at the very end of the speech, right before he's done talking, he turns and he pivots away and walks away from the podium and the microphone while he is still talking. And I am fascinated by why that. I have tried to research it. I have purchased books from people that knew him and worked with him and protested with him. I can find no answer. Why didn't he stay and finish that sentence? That's a speaking sin in the world of speaking. You stand there for at least three seconds, three to ten seconds after the end of the speech. But he turned away while he was still talking. So if I could talk to anyone in the world, it would be Martin Luther King and ask him why. Did he find out there was some security alert? Did they need to get him off the podium? I would want to ask him why. The other person. Now, both of my people are dead people. So if you want me to add an alive person in there, I'll add an alive person. But George Patton, and we all know George Patton is famous general from World War II. But I would want to ask him a question that's a little bit different. As some of you may know, he saved the Lipizzaner breed. The Lipizzaner breed is a breed of horse that comes from Austria. And they are dying in World War II. And he went out of his way to save the remaining Lipizzaners so that there would continue to be these horses that they call the flying horses or the ballet horses because they jump with all four feet off the, off the air on command. And he took the time when he was a little bit busy fighting a war to save the Lipizzaners. And I would ask him, although movies have been made about it and books have been written about it, I would want to ask him, why? Why did you think it was important enough to stop what you and your men were doing in the middle of a war and save the Lipizzaners? Which I'm grateful that he did. And you can still see them. If you go to Vienna, you can still watch them perform. But I would want to ask him uh, why. So those are my two days. Let's take a quick break from this awesome conversation for a quick message from our sponsor. Seems everyone is podcasting these days. But if you want to do it right and stand out from the crowd, you need to contact Enterprise Now. E-Now Podcast Solutions is second to none in providing best-in-class customer service and delivering top-quality podcast production. Podcast editing can be time-consuming and tedious. You're a podcaster. That's what you do best. Let us do the dirty work for you. Besides, it's what we do best. Then all you have to do is your awesome show. We can help with basic editing, mixing, promotion, delivery, tagging, and pro editing. Whatever you need, we can do it for you. Check us out and see all the ways we can make your podcast sound amazing and professional. Visit enterprise-now.biz slash production. So we've learned about you, how you came to be successful, your mindset, how you overcome challenges, who you'd want to meet if you had the opportunity. Tell us about your business. How'd you get started? And what do you do? Give us all the details. Okay. Well, as I said, I named my business Electric Impulse because I named it after a horse. 
this horse and I were very close. I swear that we share the same DNA. And when I started my business, he had died. And I thought that it was a great way to honor him by naming my business Electric Impulse. The problem became that people think I'm an electric company. So for the 15 years I've had my business, probably once a week, I get a call. Do I want to bid on an electric job or can I do this or can I do that? And I really should have just gotten some electric companies to be able to feed them some business. Then I added communications so people would know I live somewhat in the world of communication. So that's how I got my name, Electric Impulse. When I started my business, my undergraduate and graduate degrees are both in communication and rhetoric. Now, my dad has now died, but in the 86 years he was alive, he would still ask, I helped pay for two degrees in communication and rhetoric, and I don't really know what rhetoric is. But my degrees are both in communication and rhetoric. Rhetoric is simply persuasive speaking. Rhetoric has gotten kind of a bad name. It really hired a really bad PR firm because all rhetoric is, is persuasive speaking. But people will use it in a negative way and say, oh, it's only rhetoric. Well, persuasive speaking is pretty important. But that was my academic training was in communication and rhetoric. After my graduate degree, I took a small detour for 18 years to a family business. That's why I truly believe that family businesses need to be outlawed by the Constitution of the United States of America. Because they rarely operate well. So after my little detour, 10-year detour, I decided to start my own business. I honestly believed. And as I said, I spent 18 years in a family business. So it's not like I was that young when I started my business, that naive. But I honestly saw the need for what I did so clearly to help individuals improve performance their verbal performance, which would mean that they could improve company performance. I saw it so clearly that I just assumed everybody else would see it. I honestly believed that I could just figuratively hang out a shingle and the world would come to me. I really believe that. I'm not particularly proud that I believe that, but I really believe that, which is one reason why I enjoy working with entrepreneurs, talking to entrepreneurs, because we fall in love with our product. I, I'm a big fan of watching Shark Tank. And the reason I'm a fan of watching Shark Tank is that the deals don't go to the people with the best product. They go to the people who can talk about their product most effectively, talk and answer the questions of the sharks who care about the bottom line. How are they going to get paid back? When are they going to get paid back? And how much money are they going to make on the product? But the entrepreneurs and the innovators, they fall in love with their product. And it's not about the product. It's about fulfilling the audience, what they need from the product. And so I did the same thing. When I started out, I did the very same thing. I thought I was in love with my product. And I didn't think about what's the audience, the market, what are they going to need or want? And so it was a rocky road because I had to learn that everybody has to market. Everybody, your heart surgeon has to market. When you find out that you need heart surgery, you have a choice of where you're going to go for that surgery. That when the doctor comes out of a surgery and has to get bad news, they need to be able to do it in a way that the hospital's not going to get sued. So everybody needs to market. 
but I didn't realize that when I first started my business. So I hung out a shingle, Electric Impulse Communications. And the way that I say it is that we help people identify their value, communicate their value, and protect their value. So whether you're an individual or a company, I believe that most people have incorrectly identified their value. Their value isn't what the marketplace sees as their value. You don't have the right message. It doesn't matter how effectively you communicate or protect that message if you don't have the right message that you're communicating. For example, a bank that says we have convenient hours. Well, I'd like to meet the person that 9 to 4 is convenient for because it's not convenient for me. Now, if you said 6 a.m., 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., I'd say that was convenient. But no matter how you market that message, I don't think that's the value that the bank has. So what we do at Electric Impulse, I help people first identify what is their value. One way you find that out is by asking people, asking clients, customers, patients, guests, all the same thing, or prospects or people that didn't find. Ask them, what do you see as my value? Why do you come to me? One of my very first clients was a chain of dental practices. And I still remember that one of the dentists saying to me, you know, Leslie, I could throw a stone and I could hit five different dentists within a block. So I need to know why do people come to me? So what he was saying is they don't come to me because of location, because there are five dentists within the same area. I need to know why they're choosing me. So you ask your audience, why me? Why do you come to me? So then you know your value. Then you have to learn how to communicate it. How do you communicate it at going to quote networking events? I say quote networking events because I think that's just a really funny term. Every event is a networking event. Standing in line at the dry cleaners can be a networking event. You can meet someone that can either help you, refer you, do something. So how are you at networking events? Are you one of those people that just get the food and sit with a coworker? or someone that you know, it's not a net eating event you're supposed to be working. So how you communicate your value, whether it's a PowerPoint, a networking event, an interview, when you're running a meeting, when you're participating at a meeting, one-on-one in the hallway, those are all spokes of the communication wheel. So how you communicate your value, and then are you taking steps to protect that value where you are sitting, perhaps, by what you're wearing? I work with young people. I do something called Camp Next, which is for people between the ages of 14 and 34. And I had a young woman that was graduating from college, and she was wanted to work in politics, and she was going to the state house in the capital of the state she lived in, and she had a a summer job. And I said at this Camp Next that if you're a female, you need to wear heels. You will feel more empowered, and you will look more empowered. Well, she wore flat, and she said to me the first day of work, she went in in her flat and all over the state house, she clickety, 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 women clicking around on their heels. And she's like, I better get heels. And she went out that night and bought heels. So what are you doing verbally, vocally, and visually to protect your value? Is what you say, how you say it, and what you look like or your office looks like or your car looks like or your briefcase or your backpack look like? Are they protecting your value? So at Electric Impulse, we help people identify their value, communicate their value, and protect their value. And the ways that we do it are one-on-one coaching. Through all of my years of showing horses, 
I needed one-on-one coaching. That's how I learned best. It's how I learned my computer. It's how I learned my phone. And so there are people that learn better one-on-one coaching. And again, you have to be able to look in the honest mirror, which is what coaching is, and say, you know what, I need one-on-one. I don't learn in groups. So coaching is for those people. So we coach people from my youngest client was 14. I've worked with several that are high school age that are either getting a speech or they're trying to get into a college that it will come down to a verbal interview. It won't be their resume or their grade. It will be the verbal interview. I work with people trying to get into graduate school, perhaps not medical school. Again, it will come down to the verbal interview. I worked with a young man that for two years, he did not get into medical school. He got as far as a verbal interview and he didn't get in. So the third year I worked with him, it was easy to see very quickly why he wasn't getting in. And it was really a shame because this was a kid who definitely should be a doctor. You would love to have a doctor that cared like he did, but he couldn't get into school. So he had to learn how to talk about his value. And he is now midway through the second year of medical school. So it can be someone at any age that needs to learn and coaching one-on-one accelerates the learning. So a coach, I speak, I'm a member of National Speakers Association, and I write speeches for people. Sometimes I write them from scratch. Sometimes I take a speech and I wave my magic wand over it and I edit it, finesse it, finesse it. Sometimes I work on the delivery also. Sometimes I only work on the speech. Sometimes I only work on the delivery and not on the but it all falls in the bucket of speech writing. So at Electric Impulse, we coach, we speak, we do speech writing, always to help people identify, communicate, protect their value. Awesome. As we wrap this conversation up, give the enterprisers an actionable step or tip to improve their business or lives today and tell us how they can reach out to you if they want more information about what you do. Okay, thank you. And I'm going to give you three because three is a very important number in communication and to protect your value because we have learned in threes from the time we were in preschool. We learned ready, set, go, one, two, three, breakfast, lunch, dinner, morning, afternoon, night, win, play, show. So we've learned in threes, so you always want to prevent in threes. So I'm going to give you three steps to improve your lives. Number one, choose to be visible. Choose to be visible. You know, 30 or 40 years ago, you could progress in your company by being the good worker, the hard worker, staying in your office and working. Today, you won't progress, not as an employee, not as an entrepreneur, not as an enterpriser. You need to be visible. The rewards go in the 21st century to those that are more visible. Think about how many senators can you name? And my bet is that you can name the ones that are most visible. Out of Congress people, 435 Congress people, how many can you name? The ones that are more visible. So number one, choose to be visible. That means just getting out there and doing things that maybe you could do on your computer, but get out there and do them. Choose to be visible. Number two, PowerPoints are a real source of both anguish and and fun for me. Anguish I do believe that more people are killed every year by bad PowerPoint, they're bored to death, than by guns and cars. So (laughs) my second actionable step is to create a PowerPoint that has no or very few words on it. 
PowerPoint is a, a visual medium. So use it as a visual medium. Your audience can read. So putting words up there that they can read is not protecting your value. Think about yourself and you're watching a football game. Think about yourself that you want to be the color commentator. You don't want to be the play-by-play guy. You want to be the person adding color to each slide. So think about how you put image on your PowerPoint slide that makes the point that you can verbally make rather than just have, have words on it. So my second is PowerPoint, no words, add color, and that will protect your value. My third point, since it's the holiday season, there are five sins to Christmas newsletters. Those newsletters that when you open up your Christmas card, out of it falls this folded two-page Christmas newsletter, small font, single space, that tells you way too much information about everybody, tells you way too much bragging and way too much sad or bad news and just really way too much and way too much about their exercise regime or what they ate that year. So I would say in the non to the holiday season that beware of the sins of a holiday newsletter because a bad one does not protect your value. So use what we call in communication the scalpel of clarity. Cut out what you want to put in that newsletter, and the more you edit, the better it will be. I will leave you with Jerry Seinfeld, where I could spend an hour editing an eight-word sentence to a five-word sentence, but it would be a better sentence. So edit, edit, edit. My website is www.electricimpulse.com, electricimpulse.com. I have a YouTube channel, Leslie Unger. You can see many brief videos on the round pen that I talked about, how to use a horse as your mirror, about leadership, several videos on brief videos on how to start a speech, how to end a speech, how to answer questions. So there's much content on there. I have a newsletter that comes out the 15th of every month that talks about communication and real life examples. So electricimpulse.com, you can always text me at 330-607-5730 is my cell phone, and you're welcome to text me or call me. Awesome. Thank you again for taking the time out to talk with us. I know that the listeners are going to get a ton of value out of it because I myself have about two pages of notes of all of what we call here on Enterprise Now as golden nuggets that I can apply to my life and my business. So thank you for your time and sharing your experience with us. Thank you. It has been my pleasure and truly my honor for asking for this time. Thank you. Enterprisers, yet another awesome episode with an awesome entrepreneur business owner that has tons of wisdom, knowledge, and golden nuggets for us to apply to our businesses. Thanks again for your support. We would not be able to do what we do without you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will talk with you guys next week. Thank you. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.